Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nashonda Shines. Welcome back to another edition of Try Beginner's Luck. Y'all, we got a beginner on deck. Yes, we do. As you know, we partnered with Fund Her Try, and so we gave race reimbursements back to some women who did all women's races that was a part of the women's series with USA Triathlon. Whew. Now, this one, to me, I feel like is a little special because I was actually at the race. I participated because I had never done an all-women's race myself. Well, the Philly Women's Triathlon that was put on by Delmo Sports is the race that we did. And I get to bring to you, to this audience, Miss B Away. B, welcome to Try Beginner's Luck. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, as you know, you are a recipient of the Fund Her Try uh, X TBL race reimbursement. But this is really made possible because of Fund Her Try. So Fund Her Try is a 501c3 organization that is chartered to getting more women to every start line every start line. They want to help tackle the financial barrier by reimbursing race re- re- race reimbursements. <laughs> okay. For first time triathletes that are female or identify as female. So that happened to be you. And we did it in a very, really cool way. Uh, there were over, I think, 200 first timers, over 200 first timers. No, that's not true. There were over 500 first timers. Let's get my numbers correctly. It's been a minute. How does it feel to be one of over 500 first timers to finish your first triathlon in July? It's it's incredible. I mean, I was, first of all, I was confused, right? Like at the check-in table, someone was like, are you B. Awe? Can I take a picture with you? I'm like, what is happening? Like, I'm am I in trouble? Like, I don't, I've paid the IRS. Is everything okay? Um, I was just really, really confused, but also balancing confusion, but also trying to be in the zone because this was my first time doing a triathlon and I was feeling a lot of um, nervousness. And so it was just a mixture of all feelings. But like uh, two weeks later, when they reached out and let me know that, you know, hey, out of X amount of first timers, we want to award you with this um, reimbursement. I was like, wow, I was shocked. So it's an incredible feeling. And I think for me, it's just really empowered me to continue to elevate my experience, talk about my experience to get other people excited about wanting to embark on this journey as well. I love that. Spoken like a true first timer or that you've already are just so good with interviews. I'm like, man, what else is what else am I supposed to ask? Well, I I can kind of tell you why the confusion was there. So let me tell you, because one of the things in triathlon we are good at is transitioning. We were supposed to do this on Saturday, but as you know, Saturday, there was a big storm that came through and we were not able to do this. And so Steve being the creative, amazing race director that he is was like, hey, why don't we do it on Sunday and kind of announce it from the stage? 
And so we weren't sure if you were going to actually show up because you had not picked up your race packet on Saturday. So the goal was if she doesn't come because you had to be present to win or actually participate in the race to get the race reimbursement, then we would go to the next person that was selected. And so there was a committee who selected random numbers and you were the first number. And then we had two backups in case that didn't go through. So that's why the picture was taken and we were doing all that. We were trying to be, well, Rachel was trying to be stealthy with taking the picture so that we could make sure we could see you around the finish. And then when you finished, we were like, oh, this is perfect timing because she finished right before we announced it. And then it was like, this is for the winner is be away. Crickets, crickets. And I'm like, we're here live and she's not anywhere to be found. So you were telling me a little bit earlier that you were just completely out of it. So tell us like, what was that experience? Tell us what your experience was about doing your first triathlon line. Cause you were, you said you were out of it at the end. Yeah, definitely was out of it. So it's more than likely that when you all were calling my name, I was laying on grass trying to just remember who I am and where I am. Um, because we ended on that 5k, which running is not my cup of tea, but you know, in life, there are things that the things that you dislike sometimes are the things you might want to lean into a little bit more. Um, so that's my relationship with running. But in terms of how I got to this point, um, a really good friend of mine and former colleague, Tasia, she had done a triathlon in New York City. And I was on a what I call a radical sabbatical from work. So I was all about like, delving into new things because I didn't have to work. Work wasn't taking up all my time. So I'm like, I want to maximize these next three months. And so when Tasia wrapped up her New York City triathlon, I'm like, I, I saw it on Instagram. And I'm like, I want to do a triathlon with you. And she's like, great. There's one in Philly. Sign up. It's next month. I'm like, okay. Um, so that meant I only had a month to train, um, work, really actively work on all three things, running, biking, and swimming. Um, Luckily for me, I had swim a lot, swam a lot as a kid. I was on a, a swim team at the Boys and Girls Club. So swimming is familiar to me. I'm not like an Olympic swimmer, but I can do it. Um, running, I hate, but I could do it. And then biking, I didn't have a bike. So it's actually not something that I actively worked on. I just said, you know what? I'll, I'll figure it out when I get there. And that's what I did. I figured it out when I got there. I love the fact that you just woke up and said, yeah, I can do this. I'm going to swim. I can do it. I don't have to prepare much. But I love that mentality because it's like sometimes when we go in and we just do everything right, we take the fun out of it. And so you left room for curiosity. You left room to see, okay, do I like this? Am I going to, can I improve? Where can I improve? Let me make sure that I really even want to do this before I invest a lot of time in it. But you were okay with accepting the challenge. Yes, absolutely. And, that, and I was most excited to wear the, the one piece. What? <laughs> I said I was most excited about wearing the one piece. I, what do we call it? Leotards? I don't even know what the formal name is in the triathlon world. But I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get a cute one. It's going to look great. Like that was like the highlight of like getting prepared for this experience. Not that's what you were saying, but I was like, let me make sure. I've never had anyone say that they were most excited about wearing a kit. We just call it a kit. It's a tri kit. So tell us yeah, about your yeah. tri kit. Okay, let me. <laughs> you get me thrown off. I was not expecting you to throw in the kit. Like, but you know what? I feel that because 
you look good, you feel good, you race good, right? And exactly. just being a woman of color, like it matters how we look. We gotta show up. Yes. Yes. We can't just be out here looking crazy. So tell us about your kit since you were most proud to wear your onesie. Um, I mean, what I quickly learned is that they're very expensive, right? Like obviously for better quality ones, you have to put a little bit more money towards that. And I told myself, since it's the first one, I'm going to keep it minimal. Um, and I kept it basic. I, I went on like Amazon, got like a $40 one. I thought it was really nice. And, you know, talk about being women of color, but specifically black women. I also, you know, I don't want to say anxiety, but just like going back and forth on what to do with my hair, right? Because we're going into the water. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my hair braided. I'm going to dedicate X amount of dollars towards getting my hair braided. And then, you know, X amount of dollars towards the kit. And we, and I rented a bike on site. So, you know, it worked really well within my budget. But to your point, like when you look good, you perform good. So I was just really excited to be able to put that on. I remember waking up at like 4.30 in the morning, Tasia and I putting these kits on. And I'm like, yeah, this is the thing this is really happening now yeah you you hit the the nail on the head when you talked about the hair because listen that's still a struggle and I've been doing this for quite a while and hair is always a thing I tell my coach <laughs> and he's a black guy so he gives it so he doesn't give me much grief but I'd be like yeah I don't want to swim more than twice a week and twice is pushing it because that means I got to do my hair Every time, wash it, condition it. If it's not in braids, straighten it or figure out a way to wear it curly. It's too much. But we do it because we love the sport. And so it's just another element that we have to consider when participating in the sport on a continuous basis. Because for me, it's a lifestyle. So it's continuous. Now, whether I do it and how I do it in which season, but this is something that I've said, this is a part of my lifestyle. So you figured out what you wanted to do with your hair, put it in braids. You got your kit. You look good. 4.30 in the morning, you're waking up, which you might be in a morning person. I don't know. But then you have to drive to the race. You are a morning person? Yeah, definitely a morning person. All right. So you, you're up. You're like me. You're cranking in the morning. You're getting, you're getting in your car. What were some tunes that you listened to, you and Tasia, as you were heading to the race site? That is easy. We listen to the Renaissance album um, because we are very much in the Renaissance. At that point, we were waiting for Beyonce to come back across the pond and start performing in the U.S. So we were listening to Beyonce at 4.30 in the morning. And the beautiful thing about that album is that it has something for everyone, but also this embodied, this level of like self-love for me is embedded in that album. And I think the act of, you know, choosing to do a triathlon with one month of training i'm going to use training in air quotes um that's an act of self-love for me like you know wanting to invest in myself and challenge myself that's self-love so going back to what we listened to it was renaissance hey now <laughs> what's your favorite song off the renaissance album ah cozy cozy um I, i'll be honest like for me when I think about my journey with fitness, and this connects to Cozy, Cozy is about being comfortable with who you are, loving yourself um, for a long time. And it's well until, you know, I'm 34 years old. So I would say like 32 years old, learning to love myself has been an ongoing journey. And where I've really learned to kind of 
not kind of, to truly love and appreciate my body and everything my body can do is through fitness, um, through CrossFit. I'm an avid CrossFitter. And I think that helped a little bit. Um, but in terms of like why I love Cozy so much, it just is a reminder to look in the mirror and love what you see because for a long time I wasn't able to do that, but today I can. Um, so Cozy is my favorite song. Thank you, Beyonce. Hey, thank you, Beyonce. <laughs> I think uh, my friends and I were talking about how women helped to revolutionize the summer. Mm. Whether it was Beyonce, whether it was Barbie movie or Taylor Swift, how they yeah. brought communities together to really truly interact and to come together where that's something that we hadn't really been able to do in the last three years, but yet the girls who run the world were able to make that happen. And so I love that. And I love the fact that your act of self-love was showing your body some love by, you know, working out. And it is an act of self-love, like, you know, to get up. Well, as you continue to get up in the morning and train for future races and just getting in that one month of air quotes training, you did something for you that you didn't know if you could do it, but you took the risk. And I admire that you shared your journey of self-love and the ups and downs, because that's a real thing for people. And not a lot of people want to be honest about that. Like I often say to my, um, you know, when I'm talking, I have these conversations because, you know, I pretend like I'm on this talk show and, you know, I'm always talking in the mirror and be like, and so I had this moment, but I would say I'm a very confident woman, but I do have some insecure tendencies and I think that's okay right? And so we we still are able to push through that insecurity. We don't act on this insecurities, but we are still confident. And so that self-love evolution and the ups and downs is a real thing. So thank you for highlighting that, B. I appreciate that. My pleasure. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we're listening to Renaissance. Cozy is that album. I mean, the song you probably had on repeat, getting your mind right before you got on site. So you're on site. What was the first thought as you were going in to rack your your bike and to put your things in transition what was going through your mind at that time first thing I remember saying to Tasia was like damn this is a lot of women I don't know that I've ever been the funny part is like growing up I always wanted to go to all women's school so like for me it just took me back to that moment um but I remember lining up at the pool because that's where the race began and it just felt really good like to be able to know that we are here and the only competition is yourself right and so not being even though everyone wants to win everyone wants to have a good time or a good um you know perform at a within a good time frame um folks were just genuinely like happy for one another cheering folks on and so that felt really good to be in, in a space where it wasn't about competition it was really um just like it I don't want to use the word empowering, but like celebrating different women, right? Like literally there was so much difference. And, you know, maybe another day we talk about the representation of women of color, because I think there's more room to grow in that area. But in general, just being in a space with women where we're encouraging one another, um, we're celebrating one another, it felt really, really good. And I just have a very vivid visual in my mind of being at that pool. And that's where it really sunk in like, wow, this is, this is bigger than me. And I want other people to experience 
experiences experiences and i'm the type of person that wants to put everything on instagram so it's kind of sad that i didn't have my phone to like put that on instagram but i thought it was a very powerful image yep i would have to agree with you because there was a lot of women there and i had never been in that environment myself and so it was actually kind of overwhelming in the sense of good morning it was it was like oh this is different this isn't like the tense triathlons that the male energy can bring to a race it was it was really different and again i like racing with guys cuz it it's like a little um it's the competitive factor of like chasing and it makes you faster and just even women make you faster but i i i enjoy racing at you know races with men but it was something very empowering and um, awesome about the women. I don't want to talk about later bringing more women or the lack of representation. I want to talk about that now, because if this was your first race and you immediately identified it, let's talk about it. What are your thoughts? Because I'm at a point where, why are we not talking about it? I mean, we talk about it enough. We have, but as a first timer, that's your first observation. Speak. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty clear that the a big area of opportunity was um increasing representation of uh communities of color or women of color. Um, and so for me it was just so exciting. Like, even though there was like great energy amongst women in general, when I saw another black woman, I was like, oh my God, like we instantly like same thing you would do at a predominantly white institution, right? Um, but there was a level of just like joy. And I remember finishing, there was like a group of black women congregating because they also had competed in that New York triathlon with Tasia, and they were all like waiting for me, cheering for me, and it just felt really, really good. Um, but beyond that. My desire to, I think there's something to said, there's something to be said about visibility. Um, I had a Tasia who introduced me to this and folks probably, you know, moving forward into 2024, people now seeing me do this um, are wanting to commit to this experience. And I've had a couple of friends that say, hey, I actually want to do this with you next summer. Um, but I just, you know, my deep desire is to have and empower our communities to take control of our health. And this is not to make the assumption that everyone who is Black has health conditions, but I happen to be a Black person with high blood pressure, right? So being able to take ownership of my health is really important. So I will be in spaces like that. And so how do I help others um, feel like these spaces are accessible to them? Because sometimes there's a fear of that, am I welcome here? And it's not anyone explicitly saying like, oh, you're not welcome, but it's the, you know, the slights and the, um, the staring, right? Those are the, you know, non kind of verbal cues that are indicating that you're not welcome. So like, what is the environment that we are creating that, you know, lets people know that this is a space for you? And if there's additional marketing that needs to be done, I'm happy to be part of that campaign. <laughs> you know, I absolutely appreciate your sentiments. Um, sometimes there can be a broken record effect where you're saying the same thing and people don't hear you because it's the same thing. You're repeating the same thing on a repeat. But the fact that you've said what so many of us have said to the governing body and in two race directors, you are hitting it. And it's about how do you make us feel? The look, the songs you play at the races, the people who you have working with you at the races, it all matters into the experience. And if you don't have anybody on your team who can speak to the experience, you're kind of missing the point. Yep. 
Absolutely. You know, that's racial equity as a whole is about how we how are we looking at this from a lens? Well, that not to get too deep into this, but I'm glad that you made those comments because I know I remember in 2020 when USA Triathlon was having these roundtables discussions uh, because of in light of George Floyd. And so these conversations were popping up and people were so gone, hold on, what can we do? Be inclusive. And we made some suggestions and some comments and sometimes, and some actions were taken, they were taken, boards were created, racial equity boards and DEIA uh, opportunities were created. But in some instances, it's fallen off a bit. There hasn't been a continuum and so I'm very appreciative that you have stated that. And I hope that your voice will continue to get louder as a newer triathlete because yeah. your voice matters. It absolutely yeah. matters. And for you to come into your first race and now Dambo puts on an amazing sport, an amazing race. It was one of the best races that I have, one of the best races that I've attended and was just blown away by everything. But you're right to that point. The representation wasn't fully there as it could be. Um, and there are organizations out there like Vaughn with Fast Chicks. There are organizations out there where we are making a splash and we are making noise and people are seen. But if there's only one or two of us in each city doing it, then that's really not enough. So how can we have campaigns to encourage this in a way? And, you know, we can only do what we can do and we all have a purpose on earth. So maybe it's for you to come in, use your voice and get more people in the New Jersey area riled up. And then it goes from there. We don't know where it can go, yeah. but we're going to run a Michigan and we're going to run a Michigan and ride out to um, Philadelphia next summer. You said you're going to rent My a goal is definitely to bring a rent a minivan and ride out to Philadelphia next summer and bring more friends with me, right? Because I think from a grassroots level, we can try to impact and infiltrate at a um from a systems level, we can try to you know influence the um, institution overall. And I think right. from a grassroots level, we have the responsibility to bring two, three, four, five people along with us as well. So I think we have to approach it from both angles. It can't be overextending on one and neglecting the other. How do we you know exhaust all options? I agree. I agree. Exhaust all options. So I'm looking forward to seeing your minivan crew out there next year and <laughs> riding, but. You don't even have to wait to next year. Like there's this year and there's the top of next year. There's programs that you can get started in because there's no time like the present. So right. we got to go back to the race because we stopped at seeing all the women, right? The pool, mm -hmm. it's a, it's your first race. What was your pool swim like? Um, The first, I want to say like 200 meters i can't remember how many meters we swam but um the first half felt really good and then <laughs> towards the latter end naturally i was dying um very much fatigued and i remember a lifeguard looking at me like you okay you need help sister <laughs> I, that's another thing i think it was awesome to see um 
black life lifeguards and we don't have to belabor that point but i think again to the nature of um why visibility is so important it shows that we exist in multiple arenas and dimensions and not just like basketball players um <laughs> but yeah. yeah the swim the swim was hard um but i would actually relative to all the things we had to do it was probably the easiest thing for me okay all right so swim was hard and granted you had air quotes one month of training so yeah. Of course, you're not conditioned to do the race, but you were able to survive. You go through your first transition, you come back and you're like, oh, where is my bike? You're in transition. Tell us about finding your bike and getting on and riding the course along um, the school going for trail. Yeah. No one, I mean, I guess I should have known that you're going to be wet along the way, but there was something about finishing the rest of the west like the rest of the race being like soaked like socks and all um and no one told me about chafing on the heels but i learned the hard way neither here nor there um finding my bike i actually tasia and i did a walkthrough that morning of like how to navigate this space so it made sense you know when it was like game time um and honestly i could just follow the crowd of women in front of me going to get their bikes and so you know just remembering the number placement having the socks laid out and sneakers ready to go this is all strategy that she had acquired from her first race so i just kind of mocked her along the way and just copied everything she did was and was ready to go <laughs> this is classic first time right <laughs> you don't know about chafing you don't know about the chamois butter and and that's a real that could be a make that could be like a break you'd be like feel like this after a race you burn it yeah sorry but <laughs> not sorry right because chafing is a part of it's a part of the it's a part it's part for the course right you are in the shape chafe at some point and so you just chafed before and now you will have some better techniques and some creams that you can use but that's not to say that you won't chafe in the future depending on as you grow in the sport and the, the length of races you do it can happen again and happen mm -hmm. in different paces in places you didn't even think you could chafe yeah yeah I saw on Instagram someone chafed in their chest area and I'm like I was today years old when I learned that women can chafe here, there so <laughs> that that's a real thing especially from your bras depending on what type of bra you're using and the fabric all of that is such a big thing so the other part that really made me just chuckle was you didn't know that you were going to be soaked so what did you think I thought by like the first mile in the bike ride, I'd be dry. Like, I don't know, something about the wind drying me up. But nope, I was wet through and through. I was just waiting for my like, okay, I am dry moment. Um, And that bike ride was probably like nine miles. So I'm like, okay, mile two, maybe I'll be dry. And mile three, and here I am finishing and still not dry. And then having to go to the run um, where my feet felt like cement. I felt like I was running with cement blocks. It was just so, so, so difficult. Um, so yeah, nothing in the world prepares you for it other than doing it. Yeah. And your feet feeling like cement is what we call a brick. So after you get off the bike, you do feel like your body and your feet feel like bricks. And so that is a normal feeling and it gets better as you, um, you practice. So I'm glad that you got this first time experience because 
this is really what it's all about. You don't have to know everything and you don't have to be good at everything, but you got to have a heart and a willingness to try. Yes. And I think going out there and doing just that, you come back the next time and be like, okay, well, I did it a month this time. This time I'm going to find a training plan and let's see what we can do for 12 weeks or 16 Mm -hmm. weeks to prepare. And then we can do multiple races because our bodies are already trained. So we can eliminate that as a barrier. All right. Out of your entire day, what was your most uh, scariest moment that day? Scariest moment. I think the biking was scary because... I never, like, I rode a bike. I can ride a bike, but I'm not to that extreme. And as I understand it, that's, like, nothing compared to, like, full-fledged triathlons, right? So the the bike ride was kind of scary, just, like, switching lanes, getting around people. I'm like, am I about to fall off this bike and just, like, scrape my whole face and knees? Um, so I think that was the scariest part. And not to confuse scary with, like, really damn hard, but that last hill, my God, literally took me out. Like I did get off the bike at one point and just like had to allow my legs to recover and then get back on. So I I think for me, like the lesson in that is like, there's the mental fortitude is still there. You like taking a minute to like, take care of yourself and recover, um, it's okay because you're still finishing. And sometimes it's really easy to feel like less of an athlete where you have to stop and take rest, Um, you know, whether it's like treading water in the pool for like two seconds to catch your breath or me stopping on top of a hill or like literally three fourths to the end of the hill, I had to get off my bike. Um, Sometimes it could feel like you're less of an athlete, but like we all, our body has needs. Our body, our bodies will tell us what it needs and it's up to us to respect and honor the needs of our body. And at that moment I needed to step off that bike, um, but I definitely got back on and I definitely finished. Listen, that hill at the end is a hill, right? And (laughs) by designed, I think they designed it to challenge you right before you get on to the the run course. And I will be remiss if I didn't say when there, maybe it was a 2014 when the Philly Tri was there and they had the Olympic and the sprint versions. Um. That hill, I got off plenty of times and walked. I only did that race twice. But the first time I got off and walked, I was like, this is dumb. Like, hill Philadelphia should be called Philadelphia with all the hills that they have. Like, it was crazy. And it was a testament. Like, this time I didn't, you know, because I was trained a little differently. But there were plenty of people. And it doesn't make you less of an athlete. I think some courses are just different for different body types for different athletes. And you got to know that and you got to respect that. And I think I'm glad that you made that point is it doesn't make you less of an athlete. And a lot of people will, some people will feel that they aren't up to par if they don't finish the whole course, or if they don't run the whole time, or if they don't bike the whole time. And no, taking care of your body, listening to your body. That's a form of being a triathlete. It is. It's a form of it. You have to listen to your body. There's not going to be a time where you're always going to be 100% there. It's just not, it's impossible. Absolutely. And I think the infrastructure too, like when we think about 
actually it's not the inverse, but I think about even stepping into the, making the decision to compete in the triathlon, thinking that you have to be a, you have to look a particular way, right? Like a triathlete looks a particular way. And what I quickly learned in, in, upon arrival is that triathletes are short, they're tall, they're all diverse body types. There's not one single way of what a triathlete looks like. And so getting there to your earlier question, quickly demystify this idea of what a triathlete looks like, because I was quickly, quickly reminded that, you know, triathletes, body types are greatly diverse. They are. Yeah. I don't even need to add anything to that. <laughs> so... After doing your first triathlon, what would you say was your favorite out of all three disciplines? I would say swimming. (laughs) Swimming felt good. I mean, yes, I got tired. There was some fatigue, but it was the place where I was most confident and I was able to do well in that regard. So what's next for B? Well, I'll definitely be back in Philly in summer 2024. <laughs> um, okay. But to your point, there are other triathlons. Maybe I should explore them. Um, what's next? I'm going to continue crossfitting. I'm currently doing a back squat challenge, trying to up my one rep max. So you can find me in my local CrossFit box. And I will be actively working on identifying my three to four people that I'm going to force them not force them and lovingly encourage them to join me in Philly in 2024. Because again, I think there's the physical aspect of that particular race, but also I think, like I said, that, that memory of like the pool and the image of the women supporting and laughing and hugging and encouraging one another. I think that's something, you know, all my loved ones in my community, I want them to experience. Right. So I think, you know, working on my fitness, continue to do the things there and actively recruiting. I love it. I love it. Maybe we should try a challenge. Like who can recruit the most to (laughs) triathlon in 2024? Let's Hmm. do it. Hmm. (laughs) Think about that. Recruiting in 2024. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right. Well, we've come to the part of um, where we're entering our main portion and we will go into rapid fire. But what's one piece or two pieces of advice that you will leave this triathlon audience with? One piece of advice. Lean into the things that scare you the most. Um, The idea of doing a triathlon was incredibly scary. And I did have some anxiety waking up that morning. Um, But at the end, after finishing, it was incredibly rewarding. So in life, the things that scare you the most are the things that you need to be leaning into. Um, So I'd encourage everyone to do that. I love that. Um, Lean into what scares you the most. And you never know how leaning in will pay off for you because you leaned in and you were able to receive a race reimbursement. Now, how was it to receive this race reimbursement from Fund Her Try to realize you're going to get 150 back in the bank? I was super excited because I'm like, what? I get money back? Because like that never happened, right? When I'm opening my mailbox, there's always people telling me I owe them money. So like, it is always refreshing and I always welcome the moments where someone's willing to give me money. So it just felt really good. And it, 
I think it was just like the icing on top of the cake for that wrapping up that experience. I'm like, wow, I never win anything. So like, I truly felt like a winner. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad because you are a winner. You're a winner because you try. We have the saying at Try Beginners, like whenever you try, you always win. And you, my friend B, have really <laughs> exemplified that. And I am so grateful that you have said that. And I would encourage you if you're listening and you are a female or identify as female to go to fundhertry.org, apply for the scholarship. It's like no recommendations, no requirements, but to be a female or identify as female and it'd be your first time. Duh, first time female scholarship. That sounds like a win-win to me. So Fund Her Tribe, thank you so much for the work that you're doing to get more women to every start line. And uh, with that, we're going to start our rapid fire. Are you ready, B? Let's do it. Damn. Okay. <laughs> well, I know who your favorite artist is and we know your favorite <laughs> song, so we can't go that route. But uh, um, I'll have to edit this. Now I got to think differently. I'm like, dang. Because you aren't really a first timer, so you really hadn't trained a lot. No. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, you can ask the question. <laughs> you said what? I said, feel free to ask the question. I'll go with it. <laughs> I mean, I'll do my best. Um, okay. Because uh, now I, I have to be, I have to think on my feet now because these the questions that I have over like 30 or 40 of them really don't apply. All right. So when you are, all right, so here we go. You're a CrossFitter. Yes. What is your favorite workout of the day? My favorite workout of the day is Randy. So Randy is one of those like uh, legacy workouts. It's 75 snatches and you have like a 10 minute time cap. Mm. And 75 snatches, 10 minute time cap. How many snatches do you typically do in the 10 minutes? So I finish, actually, I finished the 75 snatches around five minutes. Baller? Excuse us. At, at 65 pounds for women? Yeah. Okay. Did you see me flip my braids? Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> All, right. All right. When you're working out or doing some cardio, do you like to listen to audiobook, podcast, music, or silence? <sighs> I generally like to listen to music, but I always forget my headphones. So I'm, um, when I am doing cardio, primarily running, I'm listening to myself breathe really heavy. <laughs> well, that can make a song and that could keep you motivated to see how hard you're breathing. I love, you are hilarious. I love it. Um, what is one thing you wish you would have known outside of the chamois cream for chafing and that you would be soaking wet. What is one thing else you would have wished you would have known before doing your first triathlon? I wish I would have known to bring water resistant sneakers because apparently those exist in the market or some level of like water resistant shoes for people use them for like Spartans and Ironmans. So I wish I would have known to bring those and yeah, that, I think that's the biggest one. So you're making me write that down because I don't think I knew that there was such thing as a water-resistant shoe. 
Yeah, like, you know, doing Ironmans and Spartans, you have to, like, cross rivers and climb things and all these dramatic things they make you do in those um, arenas. So a couple friends of mine in the CrossFit box, they have water kind of repellent, resistant. I don't know what level of resistance exists, but they're on the market. Interesting. I know for Spartan races, but usually Ironmans are pretty straightforward in terms of, like, going through. But that's interesting. I'm going to do some research because now I'm curious. Um. Hmm. At the end of a race or at the end of this race, after you got off the ground because you were laid out, did you have some Prosecco, beer, water, or just soda? I had Prosecco for sure. We went to brunch um, in downtown Philly and I ordered Prosecco. I ordered water. I ordered cranberry juice. I think I did all the above. Hey, um, because I'm that hungry and that thirsty. <laughs> I love it. What or who inspires you? Mm, who inspires me? It used to be Michelle Obama's arms because I was like, oh, my God, I need Michelle Obama arms. Um, I mean, I think this is so cliche and cheesy, but I think life inspires me. I think about how I grew up and friends my age who are no longer with us. So it, that I think sadly unfortunately that in of itself inspires me to live abundantly like live knowing that the world is my oyster and that I have I have the opportunity to just like move around and I need to take full advantage of that I don't think I need to ask anything else <laughs> that's it do we are done Whenever you try beginners, like you do always win and you win out and get good guests, like be away. Welcome to the Try Beginners Luck family. Welcome to the world of triathlon. And we're just so excited to see what you can do because I can see you're passionate. I'm excited to see your caravan, the minivan that you're going to take to Philly (laughs) next year with your three or four uh, friends, or maybe you might even get 10. Who knows? Like, because people out here be wanting to try. Maybe wanting to try. And for the Black girls out there, what would be, that's it. I don't want to say anything else. Well, that's it for us. I'm Ashonda Shine. And- I'm like really invested in these questions. <laughs> what Cause I was about- <laughs> okay. Cause I was going to say, and to the black girls before we sign off or black girls, black women and women who have hair that's more challenging, give them some advice so that they can try. Yes. First things first, invest in a good wig. Um, (laughs) But secondly, and most importantly, like, I know we'll get different feedback on this, and I'm really invested in hearing how folks land based on what I'm going to say is that I know hair for Black women holds a lot of capital. I won't even say social capital because great hair won't necessarily get you the job, right? But I say that to say, like, we have to not allow our hair to hold hold us captive to us being able to make decisions, right? And so I remember growing up, I used to play basketball, but I just got my perm, my hair's wrapped up. I'm like, oh, I told my coach, I ain't sweating today, right? Like, But as I get older and I know how imperative my health is, I have to, ha- I've had to forego like 
you know, not necessarily the health of my hair, but the good lookingness of my hair sometimes for the sake of my health. Um, and I'm just throw a wig over it and I'm okay with that. So I'm not, that may not be your thing, but I think the deeper message here is that we're making sure that we're not allowing our hair to hold us captive from being able to partake in just like critical physical activity. That's it. <laughs> That's officially it. But I just had to ask that question because we do get, we can get hung up on our hair. Cause it's a real mm -hmm. thing. Your hair freshly laid, freshly yeah, twisted out. You like it's mm. more power. Like I, I feel at my best when my hair is done. So I get it, and I'm still gonna work out. That's it. So get your hair done, work out, and try. That's it. Yes. Thank you so much, B. I am so grateful for you. Whenever you try beginners, like I'm gonna say it again, because the more I say it, the more it's gonna be ingrained. You always win. I'm Ashonda Shines, and we are out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.